Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From the beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using code UNFILTERED20 for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard. Say say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right, face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. Plus, it's waterproof, so you can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. The titanium-coated T-blade is tough on hair, but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency. That brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Pro Kit doesn't end there, though. They have created four dermatologically tested formulations for your post-trim care. First, there is the Beard Shampoo and Conditioner. You need to remember all your hair is different. Your beard hair is more coarse and easier to damage than the hair on your head. That's why the kit has made shampoo and conditioner specially designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, replace natural oils, and promote beard health. Next, the kit has Manscaped's Beard Oil, an essential piece for your main facial accessory. No one wants a guy whose beard is brittle and dry. The oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath, while adding a little shimmer and shine, making your look extra fine. Tap off the kit with the Beard Bomb, a uh, pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculpted look to attract any fellows or dames. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code UNFILTERED20. Manscaped Beer Hedger. One stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 322. We are coming at you live on YouTube, and I am joined now by a super special guest, someone I've been waiting forever to have back on, Mathieu from WeHabs. Welcome to the show, Mathieu. Bonjour, Blaine. How are you, man? Well, now that you're here, better. Better. I'm so happy to be with you today. It's been a while we've been wanting to do this, so uh, very blessed to be yeah. with you here today. So... Tell uh, before we get into the post game talk about the the Canadians and the Flyers because you know that you know there's Stanley Cup connotations in that game for sure. Before we get into that, let uh, tell us a little bit and, and my listeners know a little bit about We Habs and what's going on with you guys over there. We Habs is a, a rebranded uh, little podcast that we had. We started off with a few friends uh, at first. And we'd uh, branded We Habs at the beginning of uh, this 2022-2023 season. We Habs O-U-I, as in we en français, yes. Uh, but at the same time, it's, uh, we're a family, you know, all house fans, all together. We all have the same passion. So it was a way to say we as in we. <laughs> so uh, the wordplay was there. We Habs is uh, the main brand. We have two different podcasts, one in French, which is under the, the, the brand We Habs. And there's another one in English for uh, the little uh, ones that a little ha- that have to have, that love to have a little fun with Habs and Dabs. Uh, so those are usually post games, very, very relaxed with uh, little guests from the, fam- the Habs family. 
So uh, we hope to have you there. I don't know if uh, you'd, you'd be a guest. I, I was a guest on Habs and Dabs. I had a drink because I don't smoke. But uh, there's always a way to just sit down, have fun and talk Habs. I mean, I'm just high on life myself. It's the way to go, bro. My wife won't let me. <laughs> she rules the roost, so I, I do what she says. Because, uh, you know. Happy wife, stupid, happy, happy life. <laughs> That's right. Yes. So uh, for today, uh, for our live here on YouTube, and uh, for those listening at home, once we post this up as a recorded show, we're coming at you right after the game against the Flyers. The Canadians just beat the snot out of them, 5-1. 5-2, late goal for the Flyers, yes. Yeah, yeah, they, they just come in back door late. Uh, Provorov just came into the back door late. Just not netted that last one. Yeah, well, he scored on both nets, right? So he's by net, uh, by goal, <laughs> by goalial. He he he's fair game for now. He's even. That's right. He, I mean, I, I normally I don't go I don't swing that way, but I approve that lifestyle choice. If you want to go that way, yes. <laughs> I just wonder what kind of jersey the the legal make that he won't wear. Honestly, Provorov, um, I, as much as I don't understand why he did it, as much as from the background, the the uh, Egyptian background that I come, where I I have a little bit of, uh, you know in our community i'm gonna see very traditional people people who have come as of late and they're very very traditional and they don't they didn't have time to adapt to the north american lifestyle even though they've been here for five six years and they live here full time so i can totally understand why somebody who maybe doesn't live here full time that maybe did doesn't live the north american lifestyle can have that mentality but at the same time, it's a very delicate subject for some people that, that I can understand. But at the same time, he, he's not promoting anything. He's just there for the game. So uh, the game is for everyone, even us Egyptians. It's true. And that's why you're here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I do understand why he didn't want to do it. And uh, I, I understand why people, some people don't agree with, with it, but if you're being paid by an organization and that organization says, we need you to do this, you're getting paid. Your choice is to do it or quit. That that's, I mean, I, I have to do things I don't agree with personally in yeah. my day job. You especially, and thanks but for I, your service. My, might as well say it while I'm here, but th thank you for your service, Bling. Well, thank you for paying your taxes. <laughs> but no, if, if I, I get it. And I, I want to I make, we make jokes about it because, you know, he opened the door for us to do it because mm -hmm. he scored on both nets. I'm out of words, man. I, I didn't expect you coming uh, left side uh, on, on me with that one today. <laughs> well, you know, I, I shoot left. You shoot left? Perfect. You play on the right wing. <laughs> so from there, let's just start off with the game itself. Uh, the yes. Canadians winning 5-2. They're coming off a big win against... The Devils, then they come in and they just steamroll the Flyers, who uh, I think they're going to need a police escort to get out of the arena. The boos were there after the first, after the second, and at, at the end of the game, man, it's, 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 it was harsh for the Flyers there. It was, it was brutal. I mean, I know that the Flyers are having a bad season and they weren't expected to, not, not, you know, because... They paid all that money for all these players. They, mm. you know, they've got, uh, I don't know. They, it just wasn't expected. But to but man, there's bad and there's bad. Like, yeah, we, we, yeah they're like, down there. Habs don't have any like regular players in their lineup. We're missing half the team. 
But at the same time, and the Flyers, they're absent. They're not there at all. They're not even competitive. We had the same amount of shots, but at no point did I feel like the Flyers were the ones in, in control of that game. Uh, mm. At a certain point, I was looking at the shots. I think it was 21-22 uh, for the Habs. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even feel like the Flyers were attacking, like they were even in control of the game, all periphery shots. So for me, seeing the lineup that they have, I, I was very, very, I, I didn't know if I had to be disappointed with what the Flyers were offering us, or if I was more ecstatic that, wow, this young team, what Martin Saint-Louis, what, uh, and I'll add Stefan Rabida today, because what he's doing with defensive core is impressive. But right now, that coaching staff is doing wonders with the players they have at hand. And it's a young, well, young-ish, inexperienced coaching staff. Yeah. I mean, these are three coaches, uh, Burroughs, Senui, and Urbida, who don't have a lot of pro games as, as coaches. But you're right. I think they're doing an excellent job. Excellent job. And yeah. uh, Philippe, Philippe says, hello, uh, salut Mathieu. Hey, Phil. Bienvenue à l'épisode. Yeah, so they're doing a great job with these guys. And I think you need to hit the nail on the head with uh, Rabida's work on the defense. Since the All-Star break, the defense has been very, very active. And all the offense is coming out of that pressure that the defense is giving. Yeah. I don't know if you were watching on uh, RDS too. They were showing a few shots of Rabida with the players and giving props out and good job and like after every shift i feel like the his connection with the players also not i think it's transcending from off the bench and onto the ice uh the confidence is giving these players the way they are playing like it, it really shows that it's his touch right now yeah he's he's taken a, a it's a rookie blue line essentially minus matheson and savard and they're looking like a seasoned group, especially since the All-Star break. 100%. Now, one of the reasons I think that the uh, the blue line has looked so strong has been the play of Matheson and, and uh, Barron as a parent. Barron, man, we threw this guy under the bus so quickly after the trade. Yeah, We were crucifying him. We were saying he's a bust. We were saying... What we got for Lekin and we lost in that trade. We should have asked for more. Lekin, look what he did in the playoffs. But man, I feel like we we really got a stud there, back there with Baron. Uh, I think it was a lack of confidence at first. He still had to win it. But like many young players with the Habs, uh, I I think he's growing into his role and having a veteran D like Matheson next to him. It's giving him confidence and calmness, and he's doing the right plays right now. And it's also the style of play. I mean, you got Matheson, who's a puck-moving defenseman, who can, who has a good shot, good vision, can uh, open up passing lanes. And Barron it plays that same style. So watching a veteran who's playing the way Matheson has been with the Canadians and learning from him, I mean, as a pairing, uh, neither one's a defensive dynamo, oh. but their their possession stats are through the roof. They're complementing each other very well. Like, uh, it's just beautiful to see right now. Oh, yeah. And uh, what was it? Uh, the the Yelonen goal. The Yelonen yeah. goal. Uh, I loved how the Yelonen went to the front of the net, but that was all from the work along the blue line with Baron helping to keep the puck in and then yeah. getting the puck through the crowd. What I loved about that play too was the play Drouin did to keep the puck in the net at the beginning of it. I think we're not yeah. talking about certain players that are on the trading block or at the last. Like, I feel like Drouin, Hoffman, Daddy, uh, they're all doing little things lately that are just, you know what, a small little touch. I'm sure the scouts in the stands, the, like the pro scouts that are there, they see these stuff, these things, these little actions, but Drouin made a beautiful play to just keep the puck in the net. And from there, kept circling, circling. And yes, Baron uh, uh, did a good job at the point there. And uh, we'll get, I'll get to Drouin here in a minute because that's definitely someone I wanted to talk about. 
<clears throat> but with with Baron, I know one person that wasn't upset to see him end up in Montreal, right here. Uh, knowing knowing Baron from his time here in Halifax, yep. from all the hockey schools that we do, and uh, seeing him now move up to the Canadians, it's something that everybody here in this area knew that Baron was going to end up. Uh, in the NHL and is going to turn into a, a really good hockey player. Now the Canadians, I think, are while losing Lekkinen hurt, yeah. Because I mean, everybody loves Lekkinen, but I mean, with the way the team was going, you didn't really need a, a Lekkinen who's, you know, a third pair, a third line kind of guy. So they got a first round pick essentially out of Baron plus a second. I think Hughes did a good job. Mm-hmm. getting value there. Colorado got an excellent player who clearly made an impact and he probably will again. Yeah. So I, I think both sides win. I, I I can't see how anybody would be upset by the, by that well, deal. McKinnon said it after the cup. Uh, he had no clue who like he at at the moment they won the cup. He's like, I don't care who we traded for that boy Lekkonen because man, he's a good player. So for sure, they, they already forgot about who they traded because that cup is so sweet for them. Uh, I'm sure there, there is not an, even an ounce of bitterness in losing a player like Baron after the cup they won. However, uh, we were far from being in a cup portrait at that time. So getting a piece like Baron is, is beautiful. And with the very few right-handed defensemen in the system, it, yeah. he, he's essential to the Canadians' future on the blue line. Stéphane Leroux, who was covering the queue here uh, in Quebec, uh, at a certain point, he has said that the best prospect that he thinks the Habs has at the blue line is Justin Barron, even though he's playing with the Laval uh, team. Uh, He said that the one who has the best qualities, the highest ceiling is Barron, but he has to find his confidence and grow into the player that he can become. So, and and that was a time where Gouli was playing, where Mayu, he was also doing good uh, in the Ontario Hockey League. He was saying this while Jack High was booming here. Uh, so so it was interesting to say that, yes, we had good things happening in, with the Habs, but he had a night elsewhere. So for him, Justin Barron remains one of maybe the best prospects we have. So, and when Stéphane Leroux says something, uh, he knows his players, he knows junior talent. So I, I would take that with a, a big smile instead of a grain of salt. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Stéphane, he does know the players, especially out of the queue. Now, uh, Philippe asks... Yeah. So what do you think the Habs will do at the trade deadline with all these injuries? Anything of significance or no chance for anything good? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that question to you. Um, my expectation for this trade deadline are very low. Uh, I, You know how he said, he, he put our expectations high when he said, I'm looking for that third first round pick. I doubt we're going to get it at the trade deadline, maybe at the dra- before the draft, but not today. Um, the Habs have a lot of BC players. <laughs> they don't have top-end talent. Like even on the trade bait list of TSN, uh, the, only, the best Habs player on that list is Sean Monaghan, and he's ranked like 25th on the list. He's so far down. Habs don't do not have the assets to go get a first round pick, according to me, unless there's something in the medical status of a player that we don't know that hasn't started playing yet, but he's healthy and they're just keeping on the sidelines because they don't want to risk it. And teams will have that information. So if you know, for, I'll go, I'll go off the charts here. If you know that Monahan, he's very, very close to recovery. Maybe Monaghan, and I'll give you a, a, another prospect for him. Maybe you'll get your first, but I'm not expecting that. I'm expecting us to help teams get accumulate more draft picks, uh, play with uh, 
you know, cap dumps on our side, uh, even though we we would be the ones who would love to have some cap relief with some players. <laughs> but I think we're going to be the ones uh, accumulating prospects, uh, accumulating uh, more cap. Um, so I'm not expecting much, honestly, from the Habs. And the lower the expectations, the more hyped I'll be if we do move somebody. Now, keeping with lowered expectations and the trade deadline, we're going to switch over to the player that we mentioned earlier, and that's Jonathan Drouet. We want to now. It's it's not fair for people to continually bash this kid. He is he's actually playing some of his best hockey in years. It's just because he hasn't scored a goal, even though he's racking up points. Yeah, he's got eleven points, I think, since the beginning of twenty twenty three uh great passer always like even today like there's a five point game he's made key plays but he didn't rack any points uh if i'm not mistaken he got he got one assist he got one assist so we'll make that 12 points for the season uh for the 2023 uh, games so yes he's he's racking those small points maybe secondary assists and stuff but he's creating stuff he's opening the play for other players um he's doing the right things man he he's involved in the play i i've rarely seen Drouin involved in the play the way maybe he is or last time i've seen that was before his injury uh, to Oveshkin. so it's been a while since Drouin yeah. has played good hockey like that uh he's playing with confidence it's still going to be tough man who who will want a player yeah. like that knowing I'll, I'll take for example you're at your Stanley Cup playoffs you need a player to throw on the ice you got an injury is Drouin really the guy you want to have on your team that he's the addition to the depth that you really want on, on that team unless you call him a specialist but at the same time you want to play him on the power play there's no power plays during the playoffs man penalties are are lower so uh, Guys like Hoffman, guys like Drouin, I don't see them necessarily being beautiful trade deadline assets. Yeah, well, in this game at least, Drouin has made a case for showing off that even if he doesn't get picked up at the trade deadline, he is worth signing for next year because you're seeing him play. He's playing really well along the boards. Yes. He is going in down low. He's winning those board battles. He's He's capable of getting the puck out from the boards to the middle of the ice mm-hmm. and keep keep the cycle going. And that's something that he hasn't been able to do much of over the last three, four years. Yes, but at the same time, you want him for next year, okay? You want to keep him, you want to... But which team will really want to build around the Dwayne? Like, even us as Habs, I feel like his time here is over. Like, I wouldn't even offer oh, yeah. him a small contract. Why? Because and the pressure it's going to be added like why did you stay in that market why did you stay in with montreal yes we need nhl players but i feel like he deserves <laughs> to like get relief from that pressure and just go play elsewhere like i i love the Hawaiian and we've ta- had those talk uh, when you came on our podcast in the past uh we have a lot of respect for the Hawaiian, but i i don't think montreal is 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 the market for him no, I do I do feel his time in Montreal is coming to an end. Whether it happens next Friday or it happens at the end of the season, he yeah. is done in Montreal. And I think that's bet it's better for him, really. Yes. And the Canadians, you know, this little divorce that's gonna happen, it's better for both sides. But at least he's motivated and he knows what's going on. He knows he's playing for a contract, he's no he knows he's playing for his career. So we're seeing him play at the level he has right now. And honestly, for a Quebec-born player, I feel like he's, as much as, yes, there is some Drouin bashing, I think the fans still respect Drouin a lot. They're not giving him the Brisebois treatment. They're not booing him. They're not getting keep getting him. Like, yes, they're talking about him on the radio and stuff. But face-to-face, like, we didn't give him the bad, uh, you know, the, the, the bad... La, la, la mauvaise prestation, la mauvaise, uh, le mauvais accueil uh, that we gave yeah. Brisebois when we, we booed him solidly here in uh, Montreal. So we're not giving Drouin this. I feel like the divorce is happening smoothly. We know he's at the end. 
we're letting him finish his time here, but there's no uh, hard, uh, there's no tough feelings with him. No, it's it's almost as if the divorce is happening and they know that both sides know that they have to do it amicably for the yeah. kids. For the kids, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and there's so many on this roster that just need to see some positive outlooks, even yeah. if it's someone coming to the end. Uh, I wonder if it would have happened that way if Bergevin was still the GM, though. Uh, don't get me wrong. I do like Bergevin. I think he's a good person. Yeah. But honestly, I don't think it would go this way with him. No, but when when players got on his bad side, they really got on his bad side. Like as much as oh, yeah. he was good uh, with certain players, he was good for the ones who were on his good side. For the ones who were on his bad side, the Cashins of this world, he, he didn't mess with them. No, but at, at the very least, in this in a game like tonight's, yeah, uh, Drouin was uh, a positive in the course percentages. He had solid puck possession stats. Despite the fact that the Canadians had so many giveaways, it was ridiculous how many giveaways they had. I think it was around 25 or 28 giveaways overall in this game. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, with the mobility of the defense, they were able to recover. And the Flyers playing the way they have been lately helps as well that nothing bad came of it. But out of all those giveaways, guess who didn't have any? Drouin. No, no. Uh, he, he's playing a solid puck possession game. He is. And he's not the only person that people are talking about at this deadline. We kind of hinted at it. Dadanov is another guy. Uh, yeah. In this game, he was 67% in the Corsi range. He played almost 18 minutes. He He actually looked phenomenal in this game. Yeah, man. Involved, forechecking. Uh, I, I've seen him pressure down low in the zone like uh, more than ever. No, no, he had a good game too. Yep. Now, he's just not producing for whatever reason. Makes no sense. There are things that are happening with this team that unexplainable. And good players, even Anderson, man. Honestly, he scored. He, he scored yeah. there uh, in the third, I think. But other than that, man, I yeah. thought, man, this guy—he's not getting his goal. He's playing good hockey. Uh, so no, I'm happy he scored tonight. Yeah, Anderson definitely earned that. Like he he earned about thirty more goals than that. It's crazy, <laughs> to be <man>. honest. <laughs> oh my god, it's unreal. Yeah. But even on that Suzuki goal that Provorov oh, put in, man, yeah. I really thought yeah. it was Anderson finally. And no, man, uh, but it, it, I'm happy that it happened at the end. Well, I think that goal happens because of what Anderson did leading up to the uh, the pass across. Yeah. He opened up that space for Suzuki on that half wall. Yeah, yeah. Provorov was covering that pass. And by covering it, that's where he deflected oh, yeah. the, puck in the net. Proverb had no choice but to get a stick in there because uh, Anderson was just so active coming back around from the back of the yeah. net to the front. Exactly. So he he had no time to recover on that just based on the speed. So it was he, going in no matter what. Even Proverb doesn't touch it. Yeah. Uh, Anderson, he was burying that one. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. The way he's been playing lately, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and that puts him on a, on track for what, 25 goals this year? Uh, I'm not a fan of uh, tracking, but yeah, yeah, he, it's about he had 17th, I, I think, today. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, so he'd be around 25 on 25 pace four. four, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Suzuki, that was his 19th goal, so he's on pace for a career year in goals and points again. Yeah, not bad. Too bad there's not a lot of uh, other, but it's fun, it's fun to see him this season, yeah, but it's fun to see him at that level. Even though he lost yeah. his main winger in Cole Caulfield, uh, he had that dip since December. Like since the Monaghan injury, he's got that dip, but he's back on track uh, lately. Which I love to see because he he's a he's twenty three. He's the captain. It's his first year as captain. There's a lot going on when you when you're given the C, especially in Montreal. So to take on that role and to 
provide the level of play that he has with that new contract, no one can complain about what this kid has done. Everybody was saying that he's going to crumble on that under that contract. And then when he got this, he, oh my God, it's added pressure. And oh my God, uh, he's learning French. And oh my, like, oh, he's doing all the right things. And he, he he's a little, uh, he's got his work hat on and it's business. And honestly, I knew he was all business when this summer he stayed in Montreal before he was named captain, captain uh, right after he got that contract. He and his girlfriend, they stayed in Montreal and build, they're, they're building a life here. And I think that's why they're learning French. Uh, they're serious about, uh, he, he, I think he's serious about being the captain in here in Montreal. And it shows, it shows. Like you mentioned, yep. he's, he's injecting himself into the local community. He's learning the customs. He's learning the traditions, the culture. Yeah, the right uh, thing. And he's not, he's not going back to Ontario. He's staying in Quebec. So that's that's a, a, that's a plus in my opinion. Very simple, simple. But um, but he might go back just for uh, but back to the game. <laughs> well, he, it is free. Exactly. <laughs> but back in the game here, um, yeah. Just looking at some of the like we're talking about Suzuki, we talked about Anderson, but we're we're not mentioning their line mate, and that's Alvi Pinal. The way he's been playing since his call-up has been incredible. Right. He, little uh, sauce HP that we call him. Uh, by the way, uh, I, we have a little shop with Twehabs. Uh, we have a shop zone now. And we have a beautiful shirt that's coming out. It's Rafael Arvipinard with the HP sauce. Uh, custom made so uh, si vous voulez voir le chandail it's uh, available on our shop and we have a little uh, a few other uh, beauties that we've created that are, should be in uh, the store soon well I mean he did sauce a perfect pass to uh, Anderson <laughs> amazing he, he's he's that little ball of energy that every coach wants uh, if he stays healthy and keeps his two hands out of Shea Weber's shots, oh, uh, I'm sorry, Gouli's shots, or <laughs> he, he needs to keep his hands out of the slap shots coming from the forwards because you know he's going to be in front of the net. You know he's going to be that little pest uh, where Gallagher was in the blue paint. Uh, man, this guy, he's on the floor. He's hustling, trying to get the puck at every time. And it's exactly what he did for that Anderson uh, goal. So honestly, players like this, they're so valuable to the team. And I think he's so high right now that people will be disappointed when he doesn't play on the first line and he doesn't get those points all the time. We have to just yeah. reduce our expectations with a guy like Pinal. He's playing on his high. His shooting percentage is off the charts. Uh, he won't be like that his whole career. And I don't think he's got first-line player on an 82-game season. We're going to see him lower in the lineup. But you know how when Gallagher started, he was thrown on third line, first line, second line, first line, third line. He was bouncing around in the lineup. And every single line he played on, they were creating points, creating plays. This guy, he's gonna be. It's gonna be the same thing. He's gonna go up and down the lineup. He's gonna get the points, but it's not about the points only. It's about the energy he's gonna to bring to the table each and every shift. I agree. Uh, he his shooting percentage is around thirty five percent right Way now. Way too high. Way oh, too yeah. high. But but the majority of his shots are coming from within three feet of the net. Yeah. So of course your percentage is going to be a lot higher because you're taking higher percentage shots. But I do think you're right that right now he's got 13 or 14 points on the season. I think that was, his, uh, he's got seven goals. Yeah. Seven goals. Let's yeah. See. I'm bringing it up now. Yeah. Seven goals. He's got seven goals on the season so far in 14 games. That is half a, half a goal a game. It's, yeah. it's incredible. There's no way he can keep that up, but because that's that's a that's a 45 goal season. But if he, he gets something closer to 20 playing on a third line, if he can hold on to an NHL job, 
he's a seventh round pick and that's an, an amazing, amazing job of development there. Amazing. And they were patient with him. And every time yeah. people said, oh man, you won't be able to make it. Or you won't be like, no, watch me. Hold my beer, man. And look, <laughs> hold my HP bottle of sauce. And <laughs> he just goes, man, and just makes magic happen. But I love players like that. You know, small players with heart uh starts in my heart it started with uh guys like bouillon uh Bégin, uh even mathieu dash man the way he used to play uh gallagher obviously uh that i have right yeah here behind me uh all these players uh with heart you can't not love them but they have to stay healthy small player uh even though the heart is here they're more fragile, but I'm sure he's going to make it. I'm positive, but we have yeah. to temper our expectations. That's all it. People can't expect a 40 goal season out of him. That, no. Let, let's pump the brakes a little bit on that. Yeah, but let's remember Gallagher, we didn't expect 40 goal season, but he still gave us 30 goal seasons uh, a few times. So, yes, players like that who are, who, who their play is adapted to an NHL style play, I think, more than AHL. That's why it comes up. Hustlers, man, they make their way through. And if he just keeps that style, I think it's going to be, he, he's the one who's going to be rewarded at the end of the day. There's, there's not a lot of players who can play with really skilled players. It takes, it's a special skill set to be able to yes. adapt your game to those high skill players. And RHP has that skill. Mm-hmm. the better the player he's with the better he plays oh yeah but uh okay i i have one for you it's your podcast but i'm the one asking the questions here right now a guy like Arve pinard he's on a high shooting percentage of the roofs he's on the highlight reels of the nhl uh everybody's looking at him martin saint louis looks like a genius the way he's put him with the first line the scouts are there at the Habs game. They're like, he's the one we want. He's the one I want for my playoffs. He's a little kid. I'll overpay for him. Why? Because this guy has heart. This guy is what we need. He's the grit we need for the playoffs. He's the one who's going to be there game seven overtime. I know he's going to be on the ice and just doing everything for the team. Do you trade a guy like him? What's the offer? Just an overpayment. Yeah, a Lekkonen type deal. A Lekkonen type deal. I'll drive him to the airport. You'll drive him to okay. The thing is, I'm afraid that we trade Raphael Arvipinar for another Raphael of Arvipinar in the making. Okay, that's the only thing. Yeah. For once, we have a young player that these are the type of players you want to go get on those trades. Higher, like closer to the NHL, because draft picks, man, it's gonna take a time before they get there. Unless it's a very high first round draft pick, maybe a second, I don't know. But is it really worth it? This guy, we took time to develop him. We helped him grow. He's closer to the NHL now than he's ever been. You know how he plays. He know how the coach coaches. You know there's a fit there. He knows how to play with good players. Why would you trade him? We have to be careful. Like I'm hearing names left and right of, oh, let's trade him. And he has high, trade high, buy a low. Yes, okay, I get it. But these are the type of players that you've developed and that if you want to trade, you want to go get a player like him. So might as well keep him. I wouldn't necessarily trade unless really there's top 10 pick in the play. Yes, but not other than that, I th- I don't think that teams with the top 10 pick in the play are the ones doing the trades anyways. But in the scenario you gave us, an overpayment, uh, we're talking about a guy who, yes, he he fits every one of those criteria you mentioned, mm-hmm. but you project him down the road. You're not projecting him much more than a, a third line guy who can play up your lineup on uh, a temporary basis. Yeah. So maybe it's a guy who can get you 15 to 20 goals, maybe yeah. kind of like Lekkinen. It plays like uh, Gallagher a little bit, but if someone's willing to offer you their top prospect, yeah, you think about it. Depending twice. on who it is. Yeah, depending on who it is. And uh, I, I'm sure the Habs will 
have a good eye on whoever that prospect is. But three years down the road, maybe Rafael Arvipinar is a better fit with the Habs than whoever that prospect may be. It's possible. So, Absolutely I, I possible. Always think three years down the road. Is that player still in my lineup? If he is, you keep. If he's not, then don't hesitate to trade. Yeah, if if unless it's a true upgrade, there's no point. Yeah, unless it's a sense. true. Oh, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Now, uh, if it's a true upgrade, uh, go for it. And in some cases, a true upgrade is a seventh round conditional pick. <laughs> yeah, Balrov has some work to do there. <laughs> uh, now. We're talking about Harvey uh, Alvi Pinal and his his uh, work ethic, and what we saw in tonight's game was uh, Tierney in his first game with the Canadians comes in, scores a beautiful goal, but that yeah. goal was from the hard work of Pizzetta going in deep, winning a puck battle. Mm-hmm. It's that fourth line was outmatched skill wise, but they outworked everybody. Oh, 100%. And uh, Pezzetta, he's been impressive, man. At a certain point, everybody was like, oh, Pezzetta, man. Other players came, took this spot in the lineup. He continued working hard. I feel like he's playing good hockey as of late. Uh, Good for him. Uh, I loved it when it was uh, uh, at the beginning of uh, January. I think it was uh, Arvi Pinar, Pezzetta, and Belzil all together. These guys were blazing, man. And that's what helped uh, Belzil and uh, Pezzetta go up and down the lineup too. But he's such a hard worker, Pezzetta, man. For, since last year, he, he's missed, he's lacking that it factor that he had last year. I think that's the only thing about Pezzetta was he was all over the place. Jack, I took that sunshine from him at the beginning of the season. But ever since Jackie's injury, I think I feel like, oh, I'm here, guys. I'm here. I got this. I got this. But he, he's getting there, man. But he was so happy for Tierney when Tierney scored. Uh, and that was beautiful to see. Don't forget, Tierney was, uh, I think, almost a 50-point uh, uh, point player at a certain point with Ottawa. He he knows how to score. He He's scored a few goals in the NHL. He hasn't maybe done it as of late, but no. He, uh, it's good for him. It's good for his confidence. And I'm sure he's happy to play with the hug right now. I think the picking up Tierney the way they did on waivers, he's on a, a league minimum deal. It's a one, it, it ends at the end of the season. There's no risk. And he shows up and he fills a role. They, they needed a center. Uh, they may be without a center. Uh, we don't know what the hell's going on with Doc right now. We don't know Monaghan. Holy crap. Nobody knows what the hell's going on with him. Uh, it's a bit of a gong show there. Yeah. So bringing him in, I think, helps solidify the center position mm-hmm. and takes some minutes away from Suzuki, thank God. Because Suzuki was playing 25, 26 minutes a night. He just can't keep that up. So at least here, uh, in tonight's game, uh, Tierney played just over 13 minutes, which isn't that bad for a fourth line. Yeah. And now that line, as I said, they, they outworked people. I mean, Benzid had the fight. He, yeah, he had no it, choice, it but he, he held his own there. He held his own. <laughs> he did. He kept, yeah, <laughs> kept struggling. <laughs> oh, one. Uh, <laughs> no, he did it. And as long as you got, just stay out of his reach. Stay out yeah, of his yeah. reach. That way he can't really pop you. But it, it, it gave the Canadians a power play, which. Yeah they scored on. Um, so that, that hard work was able to build momentum for the team, mm-hmm. the Pizzetta play to get Tierney, his goal, the play of Pizzetta. Now looking at the way you, you, you were praising him from last year and he was missing a little bit of something. And yeah. as the season is worn on, I agree with you. He's looked way better. And I think that the way he's been playing could mean that he's going to be that 13th forward, maybe a fourth line guy going into next year as well. Because like you said, with Ali Pinal, you need those guys that you've drafted late and developed who bring that kind of energy. Yeah. yeah. And you need NHL bodies, man. These guys, they can play in the NHL. They can follow. 
I, I don't see why we wouldn't keep a guy like Pezzera. It's going to be tough for him to crack the lineup night in, night out. But if injuries keep on piling the way they are, he's playing. Absolutely. Now, in tonight's game, was there anything that you saw that you really, you just looked at it and you, you cringed a little bit? Something to worry about going through the rest of the season? That I cringed. Ah, oh, man, yeah. that's a, a very good question. Uh, let me, yes, there was something. There was something. Where did I write it down? There was something. Where is my... That's here. Where was it? For me, it was the giveaways. Yes, the giveaway, but that, that's every night. <laughs> I, I think I stopped looking at them. My, that's my point. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I don't. Yes, they're there. But um, I, I think I cringe more at the Flyers when I think about it. Uh, we control play a lot. Uh, like when your possession is higher than the other team, you give it away, but they give it back so easily. <laughs> that it, Like I felt like, we did, like yeah. I really like... Uh, uh, Kovacevic he he hustled on a few plays when like oh I lost it oh I'm back and I take it like yes there was a lot of giveaways but but they were there um I the lack of physicality by the team yes there was that that fight but I there's something about the lack of physicality about the halves that sometimes it bothers me um I don't know if it's it's near the boards or just in general, the feeling I have, like we have so many players that they coast their way through the games. Uh, even though they're when we have possession, okay, they're flashy, they're good. Like the Drouin, Dadonov, Hoffman, all these guys. Dadonov today, no, he he hustled. But that hustle that Dadonov brings, sometimes I feel it's not there. Sometimes I feel like, ah, man, guys, more physical, finish your check, go get it, go, like, you're right there, man, just go get the puck. Um, it happened with uh, Hoffman a few times, uh, but uh, even Dwayne, man, when he doesn't have the puck, he doesn't do that extra. He's done it lately, but sometimes it just bothers me, but it's going to come. Uh, it's going to come. They don't have the same backup uh, physically uh, on the team. But that made me, honestly, Philadelphia made me cringe so much. Like, I was looking at how bad they were today that I can't say today something that made me cringe specifically on the house. What really stands out, though, as you mentioned, the Flyers, is with them, they don't, they don't have a direction. They don't know where they're going. They don't have uh, a youth movement on the go already. They're starting from scratch. Whereas mm -hmm. the Canadians, you can see they're, they're already into that rebuild path. They have a ton of young guys coming up. We're watching some of them already. Um, so there's, there's a little bit of hope there. And I think that's why the Flyers fans that were there were booing so hard. And so consistently yeah. is not just because they felt that they were, their team was being outplayed, which they were, yeah, but there's no but direction they, to the team. They, they messed up their rebuild in whatever way they oh, were yeah. doing it. Uh, when they went to get uh, D'Angelo, Ristolainen, uh, JVR, uh, like I love Delaurier, he fits their profile, but he's not the rebuild type of player. Like, I feel like they didn't really go get the right types of players for the rebuild that they were doing. And they, they, like, I, I feel like they built a, their team on talent that was there five years ago not on actual like today talent yeah so like those were players that i used to take in my hockey pools way back man i don't even remember when uh risto was the main guy first round pick of everybody man like it, it was old washed up players so i didn't feel like they did the yeah. proper rebuild and now they're stuck they try to bring players bring a guy like uh like uh tortorella to you know he's gonna hold them tight and Make sure they all follow in line, but no, man, it's not working with them. Well, yeah, and they make that trade for Cam Atkinson. They uh, they mm -hmm. trade for Sam uh, for Ellis. I mean, 
all these guys are hurt or they're not, they're underperforming or yeah. it's just, I don't know. I don't know what Torts is doing, but he's driving some of them insane. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> I feel bad for the players. Honestly. Oh, man. Like, I, 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 it must be so tough to play with a guy. Like, and I'm sure, you know, you, you look at that Provov goal, you ask Torts, man, how, what happened you know he's not he's gonna give you a beautiful uh, little uh answer there and uh you know he talked to them between the second and the third man right off the gates they scored i'm like oh oh something might happen but they gave us what five minutes of the flyers at that moment five minutes of good hockey at the beginning yeah. of the third that was it in the game pretty much um i mean if you want if oh, i would not want to be a fly on would not want to be a player in that dressing room after the game, but I would sure love to be a fly on the wall to hear what Tortorella was swearing at. <laughs> for sure. For I sure. mean, it was, it wasn't that good, but on the Canadian side of things, yeah, the coaching staff must feel good going back into Montreal. They're playing Ottawa tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They're coming off two really, really complete solid games where they did everything right essentially mm-hmm. the the teams played their systems correctly they they were they were first on pucks they they battled for those uh, those second chances they cycled well they got a lot of shots on net they've played in the center quite a bit it's all things that since the all-star break that the canadians have been doing that we didn't really see a lot of prior to and i know it's going to upset a lot of uh, a lot of the canadians fans who really wanted to tank Anchors, and get yes. the dard, but mm-hmm. not heartbroken if they don't get Bedard. I'd be, don't get me wrong; I'd love to have him in Montreal, uh, but if they end up with a Fantilli or they end up with I don't know uh, Will Smith or something with the other youth that they have, mm-hmm. it, I don't think it's as crippling as some people make it out to be. Yeah, I'm not a big uh, prospect guy. Like I don't watch enough hockey, junior hockey to to be good on prospects. But from what I'm reading and hearing right and left is that the top eight is solid. So whatever we get in the top eight of that draft, we'll be happy with whatever we can get. And, you know, some teams pass on special players. You could pick six and get a top three in any draft, Uh, but it's going to be even more special this year. So we have to enjoy whoever we get at the draft not to mention uh the canadians have two first round picks right now and the flyers not the flyers the uh, the panthers Enter. i think lost their game tonight so if they miss the playoffs Excellent. that's two top 15 picks yeah i think that would that would be pretty good well honestly good at the stage off. at the stage we're at in the rebuild process i think two top 15 don't forget Cole Caulfield was picked 15th and he's a superstar you never know who you can pick higher on the draft list because he falls down for xyz reason so yes we have to be happy on whoever we get as long as we're not the ones passing on that good player that uh, could be a superstar and now but, uh, to finish it off back Jake Allen, man, I yeah. I, I just want to yeah. give props to him. Ever since he came back from that injury, he's got he had that one bad game against Toronto. But other than that, man, he's he's been playing great hockey, uh, great percent, all above nine hundred uh, uh, nine hundred thirty five. He's got a shutout uh, nine hundred and how much tonight? Uh, another oh, above nine hundred uh, average tonight. No, yeah. Honestly, he's been playing amazing hockey. Him and Montembeau, solid uh, goaltending duo that are giving us good hockey, and they're helping the team develop properly. And development is key, so we have to take advantage of that right now. I think I think you're correct. I think Alan has uh, he's a true professional. He is he knows what his job is. He knows where the team is at, and it's in this stage of development. And what his role is. And he has provided the team chances to win just about every game he has started. Oh, and that's Especially all you ask from a goalie at this time of the year. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I, I agree. Jake the Snake definitely earns uh, deserves a, a pat on the back for the efforts that he's put in, especially in tonight's game. Yes. But and to finish to finish off the show, we talked about the Flyers and Tortorella, and sure. I think they're they're just lost. Whereas in Montreal, with Saint Louis at the helm, the Canadians are building a culture and they're building an identity, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not you know piecemeal. It's Saint Louis is is one of the he is the leader of the team, and he has put that culture into place. And I think that's the basis of what the rebuild will be built on. Yeah. I feel that St. Louis, as much as he's the, he, he's the, the chef d'orchestre, the, he, he's the main guy at the top of the helm there, as much as St. Louis right now, he's putting himself as an equal, as his partner. Uh, I feel like every part of the coaching staff they have their duties they know what to do and we're a team i'm not here to tell you what to do we're a team we're going to do it together yes he's he might be the one taking the final decisions but i feel like everything is being done as a team and he's just honestly the wonders he's doing with the decimated team that we have nothing to say there it's beautiful so that that pretty much covers everything that I had for notes. I mean, we put more effort into this game than the Flyers did. So on this show, uh, so it, before we go, I want to give you the opportunity to tell everybody again where they can find you, where they can find your merch, where they can buy all these wonderful T-shirts, which honestly, I want to buy one of those HP sauce ones. I'm not going to lie. I really want oh, I have a, I have beautiful ones for you. I should have worn my I, I should have worn my Habs and Filder shirt just for the show, man. I forgot to put it. I can't believe it. I have one of your shirts too. <laughs> really? I got a few. Got a couple I'll extra ones. Post, I'll have to post a picture just uh, with it to, to say that I was on the show. Uh, sorry, man. So, I, I, I just realized now really that I should have you. worn it. Anyways, yeah. uh, my so we Habs O U E habs uh you can find us on every platform uh social media we're the most active on youtube and on twitter if you want to find our merch is uh, shop.wehabs.com a very easy website uh right now you won't see much because it's only the little gadgets and accessories the t-shirts are out of stock but uh, we'll be back with you soon uh some beautiful jackeye uh cole caulfield price Raphael Arvipinar shirts on the way. So uh, just be ready. And we're trying to do ex- exclusive uh, shirts. All the designs are made by the team, me, Pat, and Brian. So uh, you will have a great time. To, Pat and Brian are my partners. So we Habs, or if you want to re- relax more on the English side, Habs and Dabs with uh, Pat and Brian is uh, usually, uh, we try to do our pods once a week uh, post games. If not, you'll find us all on uh, Twitter. I mean, I can't, uh, I can't express enough to everybody listening or watching on YouTube right now. How much you really should go check this stuff out. You could do it in English. It doesn't matter. The deux programmes sont parfait. They're the best. They're the perfect shows. Go check them out. Great people having great conversations and just having fun, really. Merci, Blaine. Uh, c'est un honneur d'être ici avec toi ce soir. No, no. C'est mon honneur. <laughs> Beautiful. So, uh, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate you doing this. I, I really, really do. This was, we got to do more of it. This was fun, especially after a win. It's a date, bro. <laughs> Uh, so for those listening I want to thank you guys for listening thank you for the questions on uh, the YouTube channel uh, mostly Philippe you did a great job there we really really appreciate uh, everything that you've added in there the more people that come and comment on the show or send us uh, send us emails or posts on social media 
the more you guys do that, the better the shows get. And remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.